It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Anulog Naman, very welcome to you all to Late Lunch. Yes, it is little Christmas Day. I hope you left the tree and the decorations up. It's bad luck, you know, to take them down before today. Mine are up. I think we'll be staying up till midnight and then there'll be a couple of hours work. Only joking, we leave them till tomorrow. Anyway, you're very welcome to the show on the end, at the end of the Christmas festivities. And no better way to start post-Christmas than looking ahead to the summer and holiday time and of course there's only one woman for us it's Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel Happy New Year to you Sandra Happy New Year Jerry. great to be back Great to have you with us again this year and let me tell you we have a very very exciting competition to tell you about in a few minutes you could be going to Dubai we'll tell you more shortly First off Sandra uh, a question for you at this time of year you've brought the brochures to me thank you very much indeed is it a good idea especially from a family perspective point of view to book ahead let's say four five six months at this stage or take your chances and leave it no jerry planning is everything first of all you're getting better value for money because at this stage there's still quite a lot of free child places available with some of the tour operators uh early booking offers with the airlines and you have choice and selection. You know, you can get the apartments with the children's club, the animation programme. You can pick the nice flight times to suit you. And, you know, two bedroom and three bedroom apartments can be like chicken's teeth later on in the season. So it's get in there early and pick the holiday that you deserve to have, not just the scrapings. OK, so you'll have to take your chances, you're basically saying, if you leave it a little bit later on. You will always get something, Jerry. Yes. But if you've got two adults and the famous three children that we have a lot of in Ireland, um, it's always difficult to get that accommodation. You mentioned the flights, you can suit yourself. What about children and flying with children? Are you a fan of with your experience of sending children, let's say, you know, around the four, five, six age mark out on late evening flights into the night or early morning flights? I think I'd prefer to travel with children than most adults, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, you know, early, particularly young children, babies, it's the easiest time they are when they're travelling. You know, the amount of times I've gone to the airport myself with my own children were small and baby grows in pyjamas throw them in the buggy and change them on the flight and they wake up in a new destination it's really really easy a bottle and a, a few cereal bars for them and, and it's very simple 
children are very adaptable and you know going on a holiday is a big excitement and a journey and their time clock doesn't really affect them too much okay either or whichever either or, you, either or. not coming down one yeah, way w- yeah. one way or, or the, the other the only thing I would say too is you know arriving very late at night in an apartment they're exhausted and when they wake up in the morning they can sort of you know where are we a little bit disorientated whereas sort of you know a day flight or a midday flight is always a, is a good way to go now we mostly talk about flying here and you are of course the queen of the cruise what about uh, taking a ferry uh, on holidays as against flying that you you bring your own car well, as I said to you earlier Jerry you know you pack up the car at the front door and you bring it back to the front door maybe with a couple of extra boxes of red wine in the boot uh, cruise sh- uh, ferry bookings ferries now are almost as good as any cruise carriers you know particularly with Irish ferries they've got a cinema on board they've got restaurants on boards they've bowling alleys they've a children's animation programme travel can be made very easy for families going that way uh, also maybe family with children with disability it's a great option disability cabins available as well so it's a very easy way to travel maybe some families who have children with uh, disabilities and maybe eating problems that you need to pack everything up and that's a great way of doing that if you want to ask Sandra a question, you have a small window. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or usual numbers or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Just one that's popped in there eh, without prompting. Is there still such a thing as free child places eh, this year? Yes, there is still free child places available. TUI are the tour operator that offer them. And believe it or not, people are there's still free child places or half-price places for Lapland, for for this Christmas coming, shall I say. Uh, but certainly too, we have a lot of offers on uh, the Greek islands, Canary Islands and the Balearic Islands still with free child places. Now you're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, destinations and uh, packages that caught your eye before you came to us today. But what about new destinations? Anywhere new for this year or some have been looked yeah, well, at again? This is a, uh, it's a destination that has reintroduced itself and it was a really popular destination with Irish travellers and that's the island of Menorca. Uh, it was featured by Sunway and Tui a couple of years ago and they dropped it. This year there's a Ryanair flight twice a week, Tuesdays and Saturdays. So you can do either a nice 10-12 day holiday or a 7 day holiday. And some fantastic properties there in Menorca. The beautiful island of Rhodes, which is my favourite Greek island of them all. Um, and once again, direct flights with Aer Lingus on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Saturdays, starting from June right through to September. So a lovely option to do something a little bit different. You mentioned a number of days there. What's the ideal for a family? A seven day, a 14 day? Is there better value in doing the fortnight? You, you know, based on charter packages and you want to pay a low deposit, seven or 14 is normally a good option to go for. And you may get a free child place. Uh, I think 10, 12 day is a perfect. It gives you time to settle in. And just going back to the Greek island one there, Jerry, a lovely combination is for those who want to travel. You could maybe fly into Athens, back out of Rhodes and either take the ferries or take an internal flight in between and get to see some of the Greek islands along the way. So sun holidays, lots of families, the two plus three, as you mentioned, the famous Absolutely. Irish connection. Again this year, Sh- Sh- Spain is, is is the number one destination. Yeah, it's so close by and, you know, we've got no issue with currency and it's short flights and any amount of departures to it. 
Where else have you were looking at, son, if you didn't want to do Spain? You've mentioned Menorca back on the agenda there, the Greek islands. Where else, like, within a, a reasonable flight distance? OK, well, Italy is always one of the popular ones. Going back to Lake Garda, perfect. Uh, moving down to the south of the island of Sicily. And uh, we have Sardinia now as well. So lots of options there. Portugal, another favourite of mine, uh, whether it's along the Algarve or the Lisbon coast, lots of options there. The best value for money is always one of the Canary Islands, Gran Canary, Tenerife and Lanzarote. Uh, value for money, OK, the flights are four hours, but bear in mind, transfers are only 15, 20 minutes. Whereas you could take a flight to Mallorca, which is two and a half hours, and some of the transfers are up to an hour and a half. So when you analyse the whole thing, it's the same journey time. So do consider it because you will get more value for your money. And at the height of the summertime of the year, when you mentioned the Canaries, is it is it really hot? Is it, is it difficult? It's no more... It's no hotter, Jerry, than uh, what you will have on mainland Spain. Okay. You know, and then again, you're on an island, so you're getting nice breezes. And Lanzarote and Fuerteventura get that all the time. You've mentioned Lisbon before. You're a great fan of Lisbon and the coast. Well, there. I just think you've got, you know, to have a city break and then with the beach in Cascais or Estrella, absolutely stunning. Not as commercialised, beautiful resorts, amazing beaches on the Atlantic coast. Anything else there that you want to mention in terms of offers or places to look at sunwise? Sunwise, at the moment, if you've been the one that's been working all over Christmas and you'd love a little break now in January, Fuerteventura is there for three ninety nine at the end of January. City breaks at the moment. Madrid, you can get a fantastic city break there. Three nights for two sixty five, or if you feel like a little bit of snow, Jerry, there's super value. And Europe has buckets of snow at the moment um, Andorra is probably the best value for money at the moment for 59 OK and that's for, for the skiers questions for you on this one if you've never gone skiing before and you're absolutely starting from scratch do you need to go mad buying gear, you know, to keep you warm, equipment to go skiing, what? Give us advice on this one for okay, someone well, who's never been. First of all, Jerry, all you need is your basic trousers, jacket, gloves, goggles and your hats. Uh, most of us have a warm, you know, the ski jackets, the big retailers like Little and Aldi have them on sale all the time. TK Maxx, you'll pick them up there. The Great Outdoors, the Great Outdoors also rent ski gear so that's well worth Uh, a lot of the ski resorts when you're there you can hire the gear there also boots, sticks, skis, lift passes and ski schools can all be hired in resort so all of these things can be hired but like the jackets and and trousers you'll buy them as cheap as you'll rent them You mentioned Andorra there is it a good place to it's go great, first time? It's a great bouncing ground, Jerry, because it's a duty-free principality to start off with. So very inexpensive when you're there. Uh, the only disadvantage, I would say, is the transfer time is about three and a half hours. But value for money, whether you go for a ski chalet, whether you go for a pension, or if you're not so sure and you're going with the family, try and look for something that maybe has nice walking treks, maybe a pool and a sauna, that if you discover it's not for you, that you can have something to do during the day. That's real good advice. Is it for any age, if you've never tried it in the past? We might try it ourselves, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I know it? lots of people who've tried it. Their children have done school trips uh, skiing and persuaded the parents you know, maybe the mum was great, maybe the dad was great, or they just tried it to do it as a family holiday. It's another bucket list holiday. 
people who've got vouchers for airlines, for different holiday companies, for yourselves, of course, because Absolutely. you're big into the vouchers as well. Is this the time now not to leave them in the draw? To get Don't them leave out? them in the draw. And the good news is, uh, you know, we comply with the legislation and all our vouchers are valid for five years. So if you don't get to use them this year, the expiry date on our vouchers and make sure that any airline honours the same thing for you. It's five years. And that's great to know, isn't it? Because, you know, you worry about I have some meal vouchers that I'm just thinking I haven't used them in the last year. Are they gone? But that's wonderful to, to hear that. W- w- when someone comes into you, if they have a voucher, can they part use a voucher? And of course, they, you can always use your voucher and Absolutely. top it up. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there's a lot of people, a lot of parents come in this year and they didn't want to get the kids for Christmas and they buy a basic voucher for €100. Euro. So it's a deposit for the kids mm. to get them started. Some people would spend a little bit more, maybe give a family a €1,000 voucher and they could use it maybe over two city breaks or put it towards a big trip. Okay, remind me again about Aer Lingus and the new connection to Brindisi. When is that starting? That's in the the heel of Italy. The heel of Italy, starting at the end of May, Jerry. And will run through to September? Right, run through to the end of September. And that opens up Puglia and that whole area. Puglia and the whole area from there, absolutely. How long is that flight from Dublin? Two hours 45. Okay, so it's it's a nice flight down there as well. Um, Can I just say as well, Jerry, a resort that's been very, very popular over over the last few years was Charmel Shake and that was pulled out of Ireland. It has been reintroduced by EasyJet for uh, summer 2020. So we can make your packages uh, going via the UK because it was always a really popular destination with the Irish. Uh, question for you. My son is due to fly to Australia in the coming weeks. I'm a bit worried about the fires. Is travel affected? Now, we were going to talk about this anyway because you have a lot of clients in Australia for the Christmas and New okay, Year. Okay, uh, the amount of uh, Irish people who went to visit their family and obviously one of the things that we would always have is a contact and email address and we did contact all our clients. Some people did actually have to move from family homes off to hotels to get off the the beaten track of where the fires are taking place. Um, What I would suggest is, you know, the airports are still open. They haven't closed anything. The conditions seem to have improved in the last 48 hours. Um, It's too early to say, but I would recommend he either check with his agent or the airline to see will they allow and make any changes. Uh, at this stage, they are charging to make changes, but for €100 Euro or maybe more, it might put everyone's mind at rest to go ahead and make an amendment for a couple of weeks. And it's great to have the comfort. I've said this before about yourselves in Globe and other people who who provide holidays as well on the ground here right across the northeast. You're in touch. You're at the end of the phone there. You to have help. to be in touch. You know, when somebody comes in your door, you service them until they return back to Dublin. Okay, well, it's time to tell you about a fantastic competition. I was just so lucky. I love to see Sandra coming in the door. Anyway, Breed was welcoming our our receptionist today. Great to see you. But we're more than delighted to see her today because she's bringing us great news. We have a wonderful prize. Tell us what it is. Well, Jerry, we decided to kickstart January to get a bit of heat on all our bones. Uh, Globe Travel in conjunction with Emirates Airlines and LMFM are going to offer a four-night a five-star break to Dubai um, with selected dates. So that's two people, return flights with the wonderful Emirates and their sale actually and starts today. And their sale today. starts today to amazing destinations like Dubai, Ab- um, Bali, Thailand, 
down to Australia. They're one of the, they're an amazing airline. Yes, and they do the long hauls brilliantly. And they do it so well. Yeah, they're fantastic. So, return flights for two people to Dubai. You'll be four nights there in a top class hotel. Top class hotel. It can be yours, as Sandra says. Thanks to Globe Travel, Emirates and LMFM Radio. How do you win this great prize? Well, here's the thing, right? I want you straight away to WhatsApp or text Globe Travel. So WhatsApp or text Globe Travel to 086-1800-658 with your name and details, okay? So that's what we want from you today and during this week. And then next week, starting on Monday, we're going to randomly call a selection of the entrants that we get in by WhatsApp or text. And when we call you, you won't know it's us, but when we call on late lunch, it'll be between half one and half three. There's a clue for you every day next week. You have to answer with this. Fly me to Dubai. You have to sing those words. Are you listening? <laughs> Fly me to Dubai. Bank goes dry January. Oh, my God. There it goes. You have to sing those four words when the phone rings. You don't say hello. You don't say anything else. You just sing those four words and it could be you. So we, all the people who answer correctly next week will go into a hat and Sandra will come back then on the following Monday and draw the winner for the wonderful prize. Two people, Dubai, return flights, Emirates and four nights stay in a wonderful hotel could be yours. Get WhatsApp or texting Globe Travel to 086-1800-658 and check out Sandra's website, globetravel.ie or you can call them on 041 983 Double seven nine one, Sandra. Happy New Year! We'll Jerry. see you in a couple of weeks right. for the draw. All right, cheers! Thanks, Thanks for joining us. God bless. It's little Christmas Day. Nulug Naman, Louise, women of the house. The well, they should be resting. Should be resting, putting their feet up, and here you are. Here working. you are toiling away with us in LMFM. You'll have to get me a cup of tea. I will. Yeah. I promise okay. you. Straight after the show, it's the least I could do. <laughs> it really is, Louise asked me on Friday uh, if I was going to visit the cribs would I keep her little piece of straw from the crib and I delivered the straw this morning you did to the desk <laughs> <All half of it. laughs> myself and uh, Sarah took uh, Ava uh, round the cribs on Saturday and we did our, our, our visits and she was delighted and I took a piece of straw why did you ask me to do that? Because my mum told me over the last few years we've been doing this kind of good few years tradition where you get a piece of straw from the crib that's blessed and you put it in your wallet and the saying is that you'll never know you'll never be rich but you will never be short of money if you need something <laughs> you'll always find it look at it look at it peeping out of my wallet <laughs> I stuffed it in before I came down Louise gave mine me mine is insulated <laughs> and I, think, I think I brought her a straw bale in this morning she says to me I only want I only want one little piece of it but I did notice in one of the cribs there was no straw towards the front and people must be doing what must you said yeah. they must be taking the little bits I don't know what, whether there's any bases or where it even there came from but well just been doing there it. must be something in it uh, for sure. Ah, listen, anyway, it's, it's in my wallet and uh, you can distribute it there as well. It's, it's in mine n- along with the cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little tradition. Is your tree down? Are your decorations yeah. down? I've taken then all my decorations apart from the tree and the crib. I've okay. even taken the decorations off the tree, just um, the lights. Will you leave it be until tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, so you'll uh, the sixth is little Christmas. Everything goes until midnight tonight, and then after that, away mm-hmm. she goes. I know some people tuck them down 
between Christmas and New Year. Get rid of them. Yeah. You know, know, some people people are superstitious. Yeah, yeah. And they they take them away and they have them up early and they get rid of them early. But I am, I am a traditionalist like that. Don't do anything until this midnight is out on the 6th. I leave everything be, but uh, could be an early morning in our house tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow morning. (laughs) Out with the lights. (laughs) Out with the lights and away with everything. We're just actually saying, Jerry, beforehand, is today is the 12th or the 13th day of Christmas? Well, we can't if you it from count December from the 25th, 25th, it's the 13th day, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so yesterday was the 12th. 12 days of Christmas. We'll have to look up about mm. that tradition. But anyway, there'll be no more talk about it. That's it. We're finished for good. The end well, of the season. Well, just tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. No. No, 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 no. We've had enough. We'll pack it away till next year. Santa's little helper will be on to us again, telling me it's only 300 and something days to go. Anyway. Yeah, they've gone. Listen, we are going to brighten up your new year with Globe Travel, aren't we, Emirates? And that's a lovely, wonderful, fantastic holiday for two people, two Dubai return flights and four nights there in a top class hotel. All you have to do is text or WhatsApp us now, Globe Travel, to 086-1800-658 and sing the words, the chorus of this song. Except it's not the moon, it's Dubai. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars in other words hold my hand in other words baby kiss me my next guests on Late Lunch this afternoon are a couple who walked away from fantastic careers in the finance world to pursue completely different interests. Sarah Breslin is into wellness, while her, uh, her other half, Anton Knapp, is an artisan, crafter and painter. My, oh my, what a difference time makes. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you very much for Thank having you. us. Sarah, will you begin and, and tell us uh, uh, about you, like this career in finance? Where were you? Who did you work for? What did you do? Uh, well, I worked in um, retail ho- or wholesale banking. It wasn't really fa- retail with customers. It was more business banking side of things. And, um, you know, it was all big numbers, big deals, all helping dealers get stuff worked out and everything um, and I worked all over Ireland England Europe it did a little stint in Australia so you know it was kind of quite international um, but with that came long long hours lots of commuting flights and all that kind of thing and project work as well so you could have been there 24 hours sometimes at the end of the the project so um Yes, it was a great experience, but uh, it was a lot of contract work and moving around and stuff like Mm. that. How long did you do that for? Well, I started in banking probably in the early 90s and I finished up somewhere around 2005, 2006. And what prompted you to finish up? Was it just that? Were you fed up of it? Well, I knew I never was going to, it wasn't my dream to do it. You know what I mean? I knew it was just, it was something I was good at and the money was great and good experience and travel. But I knew I wanted to do something that made a difference to people at the end of the day. That you, you know, uh, whatever you did, that you know, at the end of the day, somebody else was impacted in a beneficial way by what you did with your day. And okay. in the banking, you don't really get that. <laughs> All right. So the time came when you said, time to say goodbye to this moving from banking into the wellness sphere was that something you were cultivating at the same time before you made the move well i think it was 
more to do with my own personal health. You know, I always had issues with maybe um, skin problems and things like that. Um, my mom had also been diagnosed with MS. So there was kind of an element in that that I wanted to maybe do something that could help her as well. And I also also always had like gut issues as well. So it was kind of my own story that got me interested in wellness therapies to see how could I improve my own health. And from there, I said, OK, this is something I really like and I want to be able to help more people to feel better like I've been feeling better. So that's the, where the leap came from. So let's bring in Anton. You're welcome to the show. And you are not Irish. You're a Dutchman. I'm Dutch indeed. Yeah. Where did you meet? In the bank. <laughs> so where you, I worked with at okay. the time in Dublin. So you were working with the bank as well. Yes. In the yeah. finance area, similar to Sarah? Uh, no, 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 no. Different, di- different area altogether. Uh, I, I came to Ireland in 1994 when the bank I was working with, the Dutch bank, uh, decided to start up an office in the IFSC. Uh, in those days, loads of European banks started up offices yes. in the financial services centre. So our bank was no different. So we started the bank and uh, we were recruiting people and one of the recruits was Sarah. And <laughs> Did you recruit her? I actually did. <laughs> in, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, that's how things go. Aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I uh, born and raised in Amsterdam uh, and worked in banking since the early 80s. Uh, so I came to Ireland in 94, uh, set up the bank with a colleague, uh, also from the Netherlands. And after about two years, that job was done and uh, had to do something else. And at that stage, I decided to start on my own business, uh, which is in uh, uh, consultancy to financial services companies okay. and IT related companies. So uh, you've stayed in the same sort of sphere, but yeah. working for yourself and providing your knowledge to others. When was the hiatus for you? When did you decide I've had enough of this? Was it at the same well, the same time? W- no, 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 no. Before or after? I, I didn't actually decide it as clearly as, as Sarah did. Say, uh, my change came September 15, 2008. So You remember <laughs> the actual date? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people might remember that date. That's the date when Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. Collapsed. And the whole world changed mm. as we know it. And uh, the business I was in, providing consultancy services to banks and, and IT companies who were themselves servicing banks, it dried up overnight. So after about... Um, a month, all the contracts uh, I had were were, were cancelled, and uh, a year down the road, trying to revive that, but it didn't didn't work. The market was completely gone. Uh, came up for a difficult decision at the time. What do we do? Can't just continue with this because we're just eating up all the money that's in the company. So uh, at that stage, decided to liquidate the company and uh, try and do something else. And and and. At that stage, I still didn't decide to do became a, to become a painter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, the economic situation in Ireland was so bad at the time uh, that, like many people uh, in Ireland, uh, we had to sell up everything we had. Okay. So we sold up, sold up the house, and uh, we left the country for a while. And we went to Spain, lived there. Uh, so I always tell the story that uh, at the time I was very depressed. After you, you lose everything, you work your whole life, you think you... you have it all sorted, you have money in the bank and then something like that comes along and you just wiped out uh, in a very short time. 
So I was depressed at the time and uh, Sarah said to me, well, you can be depressed looking out the window here at the rain in Ireland or you can be depressed looking out the window somewhere in Spain in the sunshine. <laughs> so when I thought about that, see, season wellness. Side, yes, so. <laughs> yes. So I thought, well, let's go. So we packed up. Uh, our little girl was still young at the time, so mm. we could do that. We packed up, went to Spain and in Spain, because of the weather, a lot of outside activities and I picked up painting. Uh, I, I was painting when I was a kid, but every kid paints, uh, obviously. And I, st- I started again and I fell in love with that. So that was, we're talking 2010, so about 10 years ago, uh, I started painting again. So I did a lot of that. And then in 2014, we came back to uh, to uh, to Ireland. Um, I did some work for a bank at that stage for a very short time, but my heart wasn't in there anymore. And I wanted to go back to the painting, So which I did ever since. So, so that's what you've been at ever since. And a bit of crafting as well. You, you do a bit of crafts, yeah? Yeah, yeah, a bit of uh, three-dimensional stuff. Yes. I did some wor- woodworking. Uh, and uh, also now I, I paint 3D objects uh, as well. So it's... it's uh, yeah, crafting, painting, but the majority is painting mm. at the moment. May I say, I was on your website earlier on today. You are talented. Oh, really so talented, <laughs> I have to say. You're marvellous, honestly. This must have been latent within you that just came out. You know, it must have been there all the time. I didn't even know that he could draw. Did you not? No, when he started painting in, in Spain, it was, um, you know, he started off just kind of doing stuff to decorate my our daughter's bedroom. And then I just was like, oh my God, he's actually able to do this. So I actually had known him for all those years and still didn't even know that he could do this. So Isn't that a yeah. fantastic story? So so I, I ask you this question. You were looking out the window in Dublin at the rain and you went off to Spain. Lucky you. Uh, why did you come back? Uh, my mother got sick and right. she passed away. So um, that was the catalyst to, to bring us back home uh, to Ireland. So, uh, And are you happy in your... I am very happy now. It's been an easier transition for me back because obviously I have yes. my family and friends here and I'm back in my own hometown. So uh, for me, it was a lot easier, but I think it's been a bit more difficult for Anton. <laughs> Indeed it was. <laughs> <laughs> when you come out of the sunshine and then go know, back to the rain. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit, Sarah, about what you do now. I mentioned wellness. Who are you? What are you? What do you provide? Uh, my main treatment is uh, colon hydrotherapy and then I also do massage, focusing on cupping massage. So the colon hydrotherapy is basically um, an internal bath to help clean the gut, the, the bowel. Um, and it's mainly to help people with uh, IBS, constipation, um, gut issues, you know, lots of bloating and things like that. But it also has an improvement in skin, headaches, uh, sometimes even back pain can be resolved uh, with the colonics as well. And then the massage um, you know, it's general Swedish massage, but like I say, I focus on the cupping, which is a great um, tool to use because you can work on really tense, uncomfortable areas without it being uncomfortable. Would it be known as colonic irrigation at one stage, but yeah. it's te- uh, hydrotherapy well, is the colonic proper- irrigation is the actual technique, is yes. the procedure, and okay. then we say hydrotherapy because when we're doing it, we're taking into account what is actually going on with the whole person. How are you feeling? What's your emotions like? Where are you at with your life? What's your stress levels like? Uh, is that what's causing a lot of the gushies issues? Is that what's making you eat the wrong things? So it's trying to tune into what actually is going on with the whole person so that you can make sure that they get the most out of the actual procedure. How many of these have you done? Oh, well over 3,000 now at this stage. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I've never had it, but I've had a few colonoscopies. Well, right? it, it's a lot better than a colonoscopy. <laughs> the only thing with that is they put me sort of into a, you know, you don't sort of remember it. You get a sedation or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no sedation involved no, with, no, with this with you. No, no, because it's way more gentle. So you don't actually need anything, you know. So, you know, we do tummy massage to try and help things relax. You do breathing techniques to stay relaxed. And it it's lasts about... 40 minutes with the water uh, being fed into the mm. system. Um, so, you know, it's quite a comfortable. You know, the whole goal is to make you as comfortable as possible because the more comfortable you are, the more your body's going to respond in a positive way. Do I have to do any preparation because I go back to the medical procedure and I didn't need for <laughs> days and I have to drink this stuff. I don't want to even go down that road again. Any preparation for this? Not really. Just make sure you drink plenty of liquids beforehand and that you don't eat for an hour beforehand. Because obviously you'd be more comfortable if you haven't got food in your system mm. so soon beforehand. That's it. Obviously, this is beneficial if you've done two to three thousand of these already in the time you've been at this. Yeah. What are the benefits? Well, well, the gut is connected to so many uh, things in our body. You know, it's not just about the physical side. It's connected to your emotions. It's connected to your uh, mindset. So quite a lot often people have um, different issues and it all comes back to their gut health. You know, I myself had constipation my entire life. Didn't even realise it until I wa- how bad I was until I wasn't anymore. And that took at least 12 colonics for me to get to that point. Um, and just that was like the light bulb moment when I realised that this can help so many people because loads of people are going around even people who you would assume know about eating properly and their health are still going around not realising that um, their gut is what's causing the problem and it's like if you have a garden and it's full of weeds and you might put in a nice bed and plants from woodies in there but if the weeds don't get taken out they're, not, they're still going to take over. So that's what the colonic is, is to help get rid of the weeds I'm so just, you can put in the good stuff. I'm just thinking how overgrown I must be at this <laughs> point in time. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Aren't they a fantastic couple? We're going to talk more in a couple of moments. Anton, back to you. How would you describe yourself as a, an artist? Uh, well, the type of art I, I do is pretty varied. I, I'm not stuck in, in on one type of art so it's not just purely abstract or purely figurative I do a bit of both and uh, I go through periods I do a period of loads of abstract work which is basically say a year now behind me uh, I've been doing that quite a lot and before that I would do a lot of figurative work so I do a lot of portraits uh, as well Uh, so for instance in the the 1916 centenary uh, we had uh, I did a portrait of all the the, the 16 who were executed and they're up on the website uh, as well for What is your website? See. Just tell them again. It's www.antunknap.com Okay, and that's A-N-T-O-O-N-K-N-A-A-P There's two A's there as well. Dot com. Um, you you sell, I, I just saw from, from your website there and I know, I, I know the railings, I know yeah. you're in Merrion Square selling there. Yeah, every every Sunday, weather permitting, uh, I'm I'm there all year round, uh, selling selling my art. So uh, it's a varied. Uh, I don't have all the bits and pieces there. Yes, but a nice collection uh, every every week. Do people do, do you have uh, exhibitions? Can people? I know you can go online and look at that as well. How else? If people buy um, when they come along and see you on the street, where else can people buy from you? Or how else do you sell art? Yeah, well, apart from the website, obviously, yeah. there's a, there's a shop part uh, of that but there's also uh, a gallery uh, that has some of my artists the, uh, the Kildare Gallery in okay. Car- Carton House yes uh, so if you go there they have a nice collection uh, mm. and some of my paintings hang there hang there as well do you know Thelma? 
I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Mansfield, yeah. folks, if you're of an era. Just the reason we used to watch telly when Thelma was on. Oh, yeah. she, she was on the late, late. Yes, uh, Thelma Mansfield. She's yeah. into the art and has been here selling there as well, hasn't she? Yes, yeah, along the yeah, square. Yeah. Yeah. Every week when you come, it's, it's a nice day out now because you're in the park. Uh, we're on the outside of the park, but if the weather is nice, you can have a, your stroll inside the park. And on a, any given Sunday, there's about 50, 60 different artists hanging their wares uh, around on on the railings there. So it's a good day out. And people buy and you do sell. Is Christmas yeah. a boom for you on the run into the Christmas? Yeah, very much so. Ah, very, yeah. very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, uh, especially the smaller paintings uh, do well. They make gifts, nice gifts for yes. Uh, for people so. and do you work constantly are you always at this you know like will you be working tomorrow or do you have a set time you work or different seasons or what yeah well I, I think I'm I'm lucky to have had many years in a business environment and I just continue with that so I look at it as a business and in the mornings I start and in the evenings I finish and sometimes <laughs> I work through in the evenings as well <laughs> simple do you take days off uh, hardly. <laughs> Go on, tell me, Sarah. What well, you, you know, because when you work for yourself, you have to find a balance. So you can you could work continuously. So in the beginning, we when uh, Anton, you know, gave up the the finance side. Uh, it was very easy like, and I knew I had to let him find his way that he had to find his way where how many days he was going to work and how many hours but it was slipping into it that it was like every day was a work day at some point so we had to make an agreement an arrangement that we have a day where we are just have family time and yeah. we have a day where we have time together you yeah. know so you have to do that and create those boundaries or you just you're like what's the purpose of it all then because you do <laughs> it for the, the lifestyle the problem is I don't see it as work <laughs> <laughs> I love the pain and <laughs> That comes true. Yeah. It really does. And, and I know you can see that. But it is an important point to make because when you've worked, like I have as well, for a number of organisations in your life, and then you find yourself working for yourself, there is that inclination to keep going and yeah. take everything and do everything and not let up. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, even for myself, like I had to, in, after the first you know year or so of working with clients, you have to say, what your days that you work on you don't just say yes to every single person that contacts you looking for an appointment because then you could be working all the time and never have any time out and that's not good because you know I'm into wellness and part of wellness is rest and recovery so you have to build that into your lifestyle as well mm. Anton I was reading your biography and you said you grew up in the 60s in Amsterdam tumultuous times and I'm thinking mm. about 2020 talk about tumultuous <laughs> times a cultural revolution uh, but not not a uh, uh, nobody hurt or injured really you know what I mean a different type of time to yeah. today yeah yeah it was very much the, the time of uh, called the hippies uh, we had a flower power this was <laughs> 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 it was very much going on and I was a little kid at the time and I yes. could uh, I could see all that happening mm. uh, so it was very interesting times because uh, the cultural changes that came about in that era were tremendous mm. uh, in Amsterdam anyway, I can only talk of. You must have great admiration for one another. Ah, yeah, I mean, because like that was the whole point of, you know, the partnership thing is, you know, like I knew that this was in him to do the painting. So like I part of my role in the wellness side of things is to help people see that there's things that you can do for yourself that will help your wellness. And for him, it was he had to give up that job and paint. That was, you know, he, you know, you could see this downward spiral of his health 
if he didn't make that change. You know, mm. I, I always say to people, I said, you have to quit that job because either I'll kill you or you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerry, there are there are paintings that I do that are not on my website. Mm. And I, I mentioned earlier that uh, I was in uh, sometimes in a depressed uh, state. I wasn't feeling too, too great down in the dumps. And, and painting does help, help you to... Say, so get those emotions out. So, uh, I'm not a very gr- great talker. I know I'm not a conversationalist, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, you're doing all right this afternoon, let yeah. me tell you. And you're talking to quite a few people here. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not talking back. <laughs> but yeah, but having said that, it, it's 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 great in general. Say, so you don't have to be a, a real artist, professional artist, to paint. Everybody can paint. And it's it's good if you just let your emotions close your eyes even and and put some some paint on a canvas and let 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 it flow out of you and I think mm. that that's a connection with the wellness yeah uh, as well. Can I tell you? You're looking at the exception to the rule. I find it difficult to paint a gate. <laughs> I failed art. And I tell them again, I failed art in me leaving, sir. The only bloody thing I ever failed in my whole life. But there you go. But I have a son who is an amazing... Like, he, he, honest to God, he has a, a talent. He doesn't use it, but he can just pick up and do it. You know yeah, what I mean? He, yeah. he, he has that as well. Um, Come back to to yourself and, and, and the wellness end of things. And isn't it funny? You are working in the wellness and here is your husband talking about the mental side of wellness as well. Yeah. And is that a big part of the holistic picture with you, mind and body? Absolutely, because I, I find when I do treatments and I even like uh, a lot of when, when you're having a clinic, it's like a big ch- a chat. You know, people say, oh, how can you do that job? I actually get to sit down and have a great chat with my clients because um, they're connected to what they're feeling right there in that minute. It's kind of a really big mindfulness thing. So it kind of helps them f- figure out what it is that's actually bothering them. What have they been holding on to stress about? Because they just are focusing in on themselves. So it's a great release. You can actually feel that clarity comes with it, that you, you know, you're clearing out your body. So it creates more capacity in your whole system, body and mind. And it helps you see clearer. You can make decisions better, you know, and you can realise, oh, my God, I was up to 90 here. I was really stressed. And after the treatment, you feel an improvement in that. Um, and in most treatments, whatever it happens to be. And then you realise how far you are away from that good feeling on a daily basis. So you can start to make choices that help improve that so that you're in a better place on a daily basis. I'm going to ask you both a no brainer question now. When you think of the days when you were under that pressure in the financial world and you look at yourselves today, is there any comparison? Oh, I feel like I, it, that's somebody else's life when I look at it. It looked like I'm reading, watching somebody else's movie. I honestly feel younger and fitter and healthier today than I did 20 years ago. Yeah, it makes a, makes a huge difference. Now, when I started off in the banking side, I thought that would be a job for life. And it took an economic crisis to get me away from, from that. But I'm, I'm glad in hindsight, I'm glad that the economic crisis happened because if it didn't happen, I probably would still be in the bank. And maybe feel a lot more stress and unhappiness uh, being added. Isn't that just wonderful to ponder, folks, today as you listen to Sarah and Anton talk about, you know, where they were and where they are now? And isn't it a life lesson for so many people? Because people think, you know what you've just said there, people think I'm in here 
and that's it. Yeah, people think they're stuck, but there's always a choice you can make. There's always something you can do. Even staying put is is the choice. So, you know, just try and think, where can I go with this? Even small steps make all the difference. You've uh, really uplifted me today, both of you, may I say, uh, uh, to hear your story. And uh, I I wish you continued success. We heard about himself and the art. Where can people find out more about you and what you do in the wellness sphere? Yeah, so uh, my website is uh, com, and there's um, all the information on there about how to book and the prices. And there's also, I'm just, I'm running a retreat this year, my first ever retreat. I'm hosting it in Donegal and that's in March. And there's also the information there on the website and it's a week of uh, taking care of yourself and walks and juicing and colonics and massage and just all the great stuff to help you recover and restore. And it is important to say again, we must look after ourselves. You know, many people depend on us, but if we don't look after ourselves, no need to say that to you. Yeah. Well, you, you know. have to be the yeah. spoke at the centre of your own wheel. So <laughs> I love it. You have to look after your body because you only got one. Yeah. That's it. That's and only it. one chance at this. Yeah. You know what? It's been great to meet you both today. I do wish you well. And thank you for joining me, Sarah and Anton, on Late Lunch today. Thank you very much. Thanks Sherry. very much, Sherry. Need to reduce your energy bills? Well, this has caught my attention straight away. Don't we all, from two perspectives? Number one, my God, we better do something. This planet of ours is going to be a disaster for future generations. And secondly, the old euro's in our pockets. If we can save you money, isn't that just the best thing ever at the start of a new year? I'm joined on late lunch for the next while by a group of people from the Dunlear Sustainable Energy Community. We've met Eugene Conlon before on the show and I'd like to welcome Patrick Mulroy and Elizabeth Carney who are with us as well. You're all very welcome to the show, folks. Thank you very much for joining me. Eugene, will you kick the ball off? Tell us about this group in Dunlear. Do you know that village in Dunlear between Team Carry and everything else <laughs> some hub of energy. <laughs> Jerry. listen, thanks for the invite in today because it's all. great to get a chance to just communicate, I suppose, what we're doing. Around 2016, a group came together in Dunlear to say, look, we've got to do something about the whole issues of climate change. And we set about two things. One is preparing and delivering education on energy and renewable energy. And the second thing, as we said about then, was to retrofit homes, to make them much more efficient. So since that then, we've educated 700 people across seven different counties, and we've also retrofitted 230 homes. Now, on this Thursday evening, as you referred to, we have an education evening in Ballsgrove this Thursday evening. And this is the first step, which is to start to say to people, look, in order to make some decisions about what we should be doing around energy, we've got to be educated. We all have to educate it. And at this session, there will be two individuals, two specialists in renewable energy, who will be educating people on what they need to be thinking about when they're actually looking at changing their energy needs, upgrading their homes, getting more efficient systems in place. The programme on this Thursday is sponsored by LEADER, so it's great to have that support from LEADER and LCDC. And the second thing is this, Fergus O'Dowd has been on to me for the last year to say, why aren't you coming to Drogheda with the education and the retrofit? And we're actually, that's why we're having these two sessions on this Thursday. And I would say to people, please come, it'll leave you a lot more informed to make decisions that we need to be making about our energy use going forward. Because I will say to you as a punter as well, I'm confused. There is so much coming at me from all angles. You you see this yourself. But this will hone this into a, a very tight you know, scenario for people. And will, when you when you finish this, you'll be much the wiser. 
Absolutely, Jerry. And the reality is this, is that every one of us have so many different things going on in our lives. We need a bit of guidance and a bit of advice. And this is what we will give on Thursday evening is objective guidance and advice on what are the things we need to be doing. Rather than the things that perhaps somebody wants to sell to us, it's actually what's the real things that we need to do in our own homes to make them much more efficient and, and warmer. This applies to anybody who's listening today who has a home that's been built at any stage. Now, let's talk for a second. What about, you know, homes that have been built in the last... Now, there hasn't been a lot of building in Ireland. We better say that for a start. We're only catching up now. Mm-hmm. But very recent homes with all the sustainable stuff in it, you're okay. That population are okay. That's okay, it's absolutely. It's pre-2006. Pre- okay, so if your ha- house was built before 2006... Yes, you would uh, make a, an approach to us here um, in Dunleer and it would be, um, we would take you along that journey of uh, making, retrofitting your home, making it more comfortable and um, using less energy. One, Patrick, come in there. Yeah, come in. Do you want no, to jo- come in on that say, one? Yeah. Uh, the events on Thursday, uh, we're not going to be preaching. Uh, this is going to be a fun event. It's an interactive game educating as you go along and and essentially, as Eugene said, inspiring people to say, what am I doing with my home today? How can I improve its efficiency? Can can I uh, insulate the walls? Can I insulate the ceiling? Change my windows out? What's going to make my quality of life better in terms of saving energy and uh, being less reliable on the uh, fossil fuels that are that are in the news again with the whole Iran, Iraq, yes, the US. Yes, of course it's come right into focus again. 2006 is not that long ago. You know, people would probably think, oh God, my house is, you know what I mean, fairly recent, sure it must be okay. But isn't it fair to say, and I would know this, things have changed immeasurably in that time. Yes, and everyone can look at their own homes. And this is what this interactive... Uh, game, if you will, that's played during these sessions does. It says, wh- what am I doing in my home today? You know, What am I spending on my electricity, for example, and how can I make that better? So it just, it starts the education, the thought process for those attending. Uh, prior to Christmas, we were in Clarehead, we were in Carlingford, we were in Dunlear with similar sessions, very energetic groups, and they went away if, if thinking, what can I do to improve my home okay. in terms of energy efficiency. So you're armed with the information. Is that what you're saying, Elizabeth, when, when you go through this process? You are armed, uh, Jerry, because it's um, uh, experts in renewable energy that are delivering the programme. So it's not just uh, me who's not technically advanced yes. enough to give that information, but the information is coming through from people who are um, technically advanced and can give Now, that. somebody said to me earlier today, they knew you were coming here today, and uh, they were saying, you know the issue with this, Jerry, that we've had in, in our own home is the form filling when it comes to, you know, assistance with making these changes. Is this part and parcel it, of it, this? It is, well? it is indeed, Jerry. Um, the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't like filling those forms. Mm. Um, and what we do is we do that for them. We admin it, uh, do the administration for them. So, yes, everybody can make that um, decision to ha- upgrade their home and they can do that independently and actually approach SEAI to do it independently. But however, we we make it a little bit easier. The journey is a little bit easier because we take the the bulk of the yes. paperwork out of it yeah. for them. Yeah, and it's interesting that comment was made to me, Eugene. You'd understand what 
that person was saying to me. Well, uh, absolutely. And, and, and you see, this is where Elizabeth has an enormous amount of expertise. Elizabeth is working in this programme for four years now. So a lot of knowledge and expertise built up there to know exactly. Because let's face it, the programme is funded by SEI and the grants, Jerry, are very significant. There are anything from 35% to 80% grants available. So it's massive. So actually availing of the grants is one thing, but understandably SEI have certain systems and processes. So we need to deliver to a certain standard. And that's where Elizabeth's expertise, she knows this inside out and upside down. So when we're putting together a full application, maybe to retrofit 40 or 50 homes over the next year in County Loud, Meath and Monaghan, Elizabeth will lead that whole programme. She knows what's required. She knows how to fill out the paperwork. And that, as you said, removes an enormous nightmare for many people when they think about retrofitting. I'm just thinking if I can't make right. it to Holy Family for either of the sessions on Thursday, can I still get in touch directly with you at Dunlear Sustainable Energy? Yes. You can indeed. And Patrick has the phone number there. Which we'll, we'll give that out at the end because end. I know yeah. people are thinking that at the moment. And you mentioned the number of houses. If I'm sitting listening today, I'm, I'm at home and I'm thinking, my house needs this makeover badly. I'm shocking when it comes to, you know, this whole area. Can I approach you as an individual householder and get onto this programme? I don't have to be part of a bigger group or anything like that? Well, there are two options. Firstly is we have a, a, we'll, we'll submit an application this year for probably 30 to around 60 homes in total. There'll also be some commercial and also some community uh, uh, buildings involved in that as well. So that's one possibility. And you can become a part of that. You can actually join up for that. Now, separate to that, to your point, if I'm an individual and I'm saying, look, I've no particular interest in being part of a group, I would just like my own home assessed and then will you help me with the paperwork? We also provide that service as well, Jim. That's terrific. Questions coming to us. Keep them coming and I'll put them to the guys here. 086-1800-658. You can text or WhatsApp was 1850 715 if you'd like to call in. There's a listener says, Jerry, my home uh, uh, was built in 1900. It's a very, very old house. Would I be eligible for a grant? Well, that's where, uh, as part of the programme, we'll assess the home. So we'll bring uh, our own engineer, uh, Fergus McCann, who has many years of experience in, in, in assessing homes, will take a look at the home initially and say, yes, we can, we can advance this further and at least do a formal independent assessment to give it a better energy rating. So it's all about home energy ratings. You, you've heard the, the B-E-R. B1s, the B-E-R. C1s, yes, the B-E-R ratings. Yep. Yep. So uh, the SEAI obviously are looking to, to, to bring houses to a certain rating which ensures that the, the grants they put together are, are, are well spent, if, if you will, that's so, money not been wasted. So that 1900 house is not ruled out by nope. any means. Let's uh, take a look at let's it. Let's have a look yeah. and, and see. Is there a fee involved for your services? How does this work? Do I have? Do I need money up front? How do I pay? How do you well, guys survive? Well, for the programme that we descri- described the 60 or 70 houses we'll submit this year, we actually get fees from SEI to manage that programme. So I don't, as the householder, have to... For that particular programme. Now, okay. for the separate... If someone comes to us and says, look, will you just handle my individual home? That's a different ballgame. We'll okay. sit down and talk with them about what fees okay, are involved. Okay, so that's there. the yeah. distinction there. Absolutely. My home was built in <laughs> 1985. Um, um, I am a, a pensioner at this stage. Can I avail of the scheme? 
Absolutely. Um, in, in fact, it's, it's, it's actually, it's probably the cohort of homes that we are most um, dealing with, um, Jerry. But uh, yes, 1984, is it that person's home? 85. 85, 85. yes. And we I think the concern there, when they say they're a pension, you know, income uh, yeah. is not what it was when they may be working fully and they're a bit concerned there with that. They, they have, um, with the SAAI, you can get upwards to 80% if that home is in receipt of a fuel allowance. Yes. Um, that, that, that home can receive up to 80% of their costs Okay. for the so delivery that, of the measures. That, that is really, really significant. Now, can we talk for, for a moment? Well, I'll tell you what I want to do. Can I take a short break and come back yes. and talk to you yes. in a second? Yes, because indeed. I have more things I want to throw at you. And these people are ready, willing and able to answer this afternoon. Yes, it's a wonderful initiative, Dunlear Sustainable Energy Community. And I will remind you again, uh, open invitation to the Holy Family Community Centre in Ballsgrove this Thursday, the 9th of January. There are two sessions at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and 7 o'clock. Do you need to book just before we go yeah, to the break? Yeah, the phone yes. number is there. The phone number, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give that out but, in a minute. But it's open as well. We don't want to turn anybody away, If you, tu- if you show so up, you'll be welcome absolutely, then. Absolutely. 4 absolutely. and 7. Back in a moment with the uh, guys from Dunlear. Eugene, just throw that stat at me that you just mentioned just a second ago. Yeah. That's uh, uh, amazing. At, at present, the statistics from right across Europe is that 70% of housing stock at the moment is completely inefficient. Now, if we apply that to an Irish scenario, I mean, we have a serious problem to address here. And as exactly as we touched on earlier on, we're faced with, you know, with a challenge regarding oil supplies, etc. And that may well present us with major issues this coming year. But even leaving that aside, we've got to, when you look at climate change, we've got to move to much more renewable sources of energy. And that's why we've noticed a significant difference in the last year. It may be down to Greta Thunberg, it may be down to different people's attitudes, but we hear a lot of people now in their 60s and 70s saying, yeah, I want my house warm and everything, but I also want to do something about the planet. So, so we're, we're, those are some of the things that we're hearing, Jerry. From it's people. fantastic to hear and that. The message has not been whispered anymore. Uh, whereas, where regret um, certainly allows that, that that the voice has been increasing um, towards it, and that people are um, more in tune with mm. doing something. No, I think people, I I, I really think that, and and that young lady has done a marvellous job, no matter what anybody tries to say or detract from her, for for, for a child uh, to bring this to the fore. And you know, yes, the interested and vested interests Mm. and the big guns don't want her, you know, talking Mm -hmm. and uh, highlighting this in in the way she is. Um, Let me come back to you for for a a, a second, uh, Patrick. If I look at my own house and I think, like, my house was built, say, 20 odd years ago, and I'm quite happy with it, but I just know at this stage it needs looking at again. So, talk about oil for a minute. I have oil central heating kerosene at the moment. What's my alternative? What 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 can I do? Right, I have oil as well, um, and and an old uh, an old boiler in in place, and it's something we're going to have to look at here in the in the next few years. So there's there, there's alternatives. There's the the there's the heat source pump, the air heat source pump now, which is a, a popular, uh, and most of the, uh, the the installations of the retrofits we do. Is that it's becoming okay. it's becoming more popular? That's an uh, alternative. There's biomass, which is well, which yes. is is another option that's becoming uh, okay. Becoming so more, so more that's popular. in that area there. Can what? I, Jerry, on that just point, anything an oil boiler older than ten years old is probably max fifty percent efficient. 
So in other words, for every thousand euro you're putting in, you're only getting 500 euro. So this is a, an enormous waste, particularly for the old boilers. So anything beyond 10 years, you're in serious and, trouble. And in my experience, Jerry, um, lots of people would not have even looked at their boilers in 20 years. No, they, <laughs> it's, it's, they don't get it serviced <laughs> in, the, in 20 years. I've heard that year being made. Well, can, can I tell you, but for, I think it was three, four years ago, mine went kaput. And it, a little one that was in the kitchen at the time, it was a grant, uh, you know, it was a very good, but it, it ran out of time. So we replaced it with a condenser on the outside. And I will say to you, it made a huge difference when it came to pounds, shillings and pence. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it really did. The, the doors, windows, of course, are places that, you know, heat comes and goes and through. Obviously, in my house, totally inefficient at this stage, 20 odd years on double right. glazing. Would you say that? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's. It, 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 it's steps, Jerry. And, uh, it, it, here was I looking ahead to 2020, full no. of optimism. <laughs> go on, go on, Patrick. It, it, it's all about steps. And you yeah. me- you mentioned them there. You mentioned the, the, the double glazing. You mentioned the insulation. That's all part of it. And and even if, if, if someone doesn't move away from, from oil initially, by improving the, the, the stock in their house, they're improving their use of uh, okay. of the fossil fuels and they're reducing yes. their dependency there. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's not going to be drastic changes. It's all going to be very efficient. I, I, and just one point, you know, we talk about oil, doors, windows. I'll talk about the attic in a second. Do, do you get somebody who can come and assess the house, you know, that we can trust, that somebody Absolutely. can trust? That's a very important thing. <clears throat> There's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, I was faced with the scenario you were faced with someone coming to me a couple of years and saying, you need this, this and this. But he was selling products. So he wasn't assessing the house and saying, what's actually needed here? Yeah. So that's why our engineer is not selling anything. He does a full evaluation of the house. He says, OK, in this house, the following is what is needed in order to make it, to bring it up to SEI standard. And remember... You know, we would at times get thick with SEI, but they have a standard to, to, we have to achieve. And people who get the work done through us know that that once we sign off on it, because for every home we do, we have 24 pieces of paper for every single house. So the certifications have a very high standard. Mm-hmm. And SEI will not pay one halfpenny unless we deliver to the standard required. Now, the and attic, each of our suppliers are, have those SEAI certifications yes. behind them. So it's not... It, it's not going to be shoddy work. Yeah. Uh, and back to that again, when I hear 24 <coughs> pieces, and again, we mentioned early on why people shy away from this. And Elizabeth, you're the, the angel who, uh, you know, <laughs> who's been through this so many times and can help people with that. But come to the attic for a moment, because I know I had mine redone as well, round about the time of right. the boiler as well. And I'm sure you come across a lot of attics that everything has just gone up and out through the roof. And that is a, that's, that's a problem we've encountered when we get to the attic and people are saying, but it's full. What am I going to do with all the, uh, mm. with, with all the stuff in there? And that, that, is, that is a challenge for our installers to get, uh, to get up into the yes. attic. So, and do the work. Yeah, yeah. And, do the work. So and it, I've also found, though, Patrick, that uh, it is the impetus that given to people to actually clean out your yeah. attic. True enough. <laughs> it's, it's, this is the time <laughs> you do yeah. this. Yeah. It's a double whammy. You're going to win on two fronts and you could have cash in the attic or you could be helping, right. helping somebody else out as well. 
Where do you stand on solar panels? Do you think that the day has come? Because you see all new builds now and people retrofitting as well, up go the panels. Yeah, there is a benefit. Uh, we use photovoltaic or PV for, 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 for the abbreviation. And they can they, they can assist, obviously, in, in Ireland during the winter. There's not as much sun. Yes. But uh, overall, uh, if the house is determined to, to benefit from the installation of mm. PV, uh, the, the the house will benefit from yeah. it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, I just want to mention again that uh, I have to leave it there for today. That this uh, special event is this Thursday, four o'clock or seven o'clock in the Holy Family Community Centre in Ballsgrove. You can walk in, but if you want to book a place, yeah, the yeah. number is, is go on. Uh, the number here is zero eight seven six six four nine four three zero Monday through Friday. Nine to one, we're in the office in Dunlear. And, and Jerry, just on that, I mean, this is important. It is sponsored and supported by Leader and LCDC. And I'd also like to thank Fergus O'Dowd because Fergus sort of put the pressure on us to say, come on out, do the education, do the retrofit. So I'd like to thank Fergus O'Dowd for that. Delighted to highlight it for you today. Keep up the great work. And I really have to start at base camp with myself now and have a good look at things. But for the moment, Eugene Conlon, Elizabeth Carney and Patrick Mulroy, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank, thank you, you very much, In the early 70s, when his dad set up the company, they couldn't give them away. What am I talking about? Oysters and the Carlingford Oyster Company. But as reported in today's Irish Times, oysters are in big demand around the world, especially Asia. Keen Lewitt Pfizer joins us from Carlingford. Afternoon, Keen. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for coming. Not at all. Delighted to talk to you again. It's been a while since we had a chat. Just remind us again, was it really that difficult early on? Nobody wanted them. Um, my dad started growing oysters um in the seventies and it was almost impossible to get somebody to eat an oyster. Um, nobody wanted to eat oysters raw and it was Nobody thought you could cook an oyster because cooked oysters are really delicious. Mm. Um, but the tradition was to eat oysters raw. Nobody wanted to do that. And I remember saying to people, have you tried them cooking? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're nice cooks, but we can't cook them. I said, of course you can cook them. Will you please buy my oysters and cook them and eat them? Because <laughs> I don't know what else to do with them. So, um, no, it's, it's really changed. And I've noticed now, in like if you walk around Dublin now you'll see oysters on every third or fourth menu on restaurants. Yeah. Um, and that's a big, big change. It um, is. It and is. a lot more adventures with the food. And we're enjoying raw oysters. Um, it's a bit of a daunting task to give somebody a raw oyster for the first time. You can see the absolute look of fear on their face. <laughs> um, but 19 times out of 20, you see that disappear and, you know, almost look of elation on their face when they discover really what it's a real joy to eat yeah how beautiful they are they really are and gorgeous raw and equally as nice when they're cooked as well what markets like you're based here of course we know in the north east very familiar to us but what markets developed first you was it the uk the french market um traditionally all our all our choices used to end up in france Uh, as a huge market in there in france compared to the irish market and the majority of irish choices would would have gone to france but that, that that market was kind of a commodity market and the price would literally drop by fifty percent. Um and it was a roller coaster. I saw that when I was working for my father. The price has just gone up and down by fifty percent and it was very hard to stay in a business mm. and when I was going into it I didn't really want to go down that line because I, I knew the hardships that involved. And today 
uh, what way does it break for you? Is France still the number one destination for Carlingford oysters? Um, we would very rarely sell any oysters to France because we just don't have any extra capacity on the farm right. to send to that market. Um, being so close to the border, and I also knew from growing up, um, if anybody called in to where we were growing the oysters, and they always had a northern accent on them, and so I kind of, um, the radar was there that the UK was a place that would be a better, it's also much bigger population, so if even only half percent of the people will eat oysters, it's you have, a, you have a, enough people there to sell your product. Yeah, so, okay. So the, so, to, so the UK is the biggest. The UK is your biggest market uh, uh, yeah. t- today. Yeah. Now, in the context of Brexit, this story today about the demand from Asia and particularly uh, from China itself is obviously a big, big boon for you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we had been supplying customers, a customer in Hong Kong for about 10 years. Um, when Brexit broke and straight away the focus was to try and, and diversify our markets and try and get another customer somewhere else and we increased yeah so my Brexit strategy was to get customers in Hong Kong and I suppose the trouble in Hong Kong for the last six months is kind of you never know what where the arrows are going to come from but you have to do your best anyway but mm. um we're getting customers in other countries like Taiwan, Singapore, and in China itself. Okay, so out there in, in other countries as well, this is developing for you. No problem with the distance, you know, transporting them live out there. Yeah, no, oysters is quite, um, the shellfish and oyster is quite quite long. They're quite a robust piece of shellfish. Um, personally, I've put them in the fridge for over a month and it's still been okay to eat. Right. Um, and I've eaten them myself out of the fridge after four weeks even six weeks. So um, transporting them out to Asia, it's a 24, 36-hour uh, transit time, and there's no problem. There's a lot of other seafood from Ireland going out, um, a lot of brown crab, uh, a lot of razor clams, and both those two species are much more fragile than oysters. And the oysters themselves. And, and like we have to say, they, they grow a lot of oysters in China, about a million tonnes a year anyway, yeah, which is huge. Huge. It's, it's, it's staggering. It's I don't know, if you try and work out how many, what is that, about 5,000, it's a lot, it's a, it's a, if you try to put all them into 40-foot trucks, I don't know how many miles of trucks that would be. It's be a lot. hard to even imagine what a million tons of oysters look like, but they'd be mm. huge. And and the amount of oysters that they're importing would be a, a small fraction of a percent of of that volume. But there, there are customers in China that are looking for an imported Oyster, the same way as when you're in a restaurant, you might want a, a wine from Chile or Italy or France. You know, people are interested yes. by different tastes from different parts of the world. Carlingford, uh, how many tonnes a year do you produce down there? Yeah, so we produce about 200 tonnes of oysters. It's about 2 million, 2 million oysters a year. And how long does it take to grow an oyster from you set the seed till it's mature? Yeah, so um, when we buy them, they're about a tenth of a gram. So they look almost like a porridge flake. So if you can imagine, we're, the first year we're putting a thousand oysters into our four millimeter mesh bags, and it's like an espresso cup, about a hundred grams of oysters goes into that bag. And then after the first year, we get about 10 kilos back, so they're about 10 grams average after the first year. Um, after the second year, they're about 30. 40 grams, and then the final year they're up to about 100 grams, and we can sell them. So, four years you're talking about? 
Yeah, but three, three years. Three, three years. years. Okay, three years yeah. from you get them. And they are, they're, I've seen them, I've seen the pictures of them. They're just a dot when you get them first. Yeah. Um, yeah. With this demand that we're hearing about in the Far East, have, have you capacity to increase your stock and uh, grow more? Um, well, there's two kind of things there. Um, firstly, you're relying on an agriculture licence um, and the area of licence that you hold will govern the volume of oysters that you can produce. And our license area has been kind of static for the last 20 years. So our production, if my dad retires in 2000, and our production has been more or less static since that time. Um, the, the total production of oysters in Ireland has probably increased a wee bit as new areas mm. um, become available around, you know, new, new bays in Ireland have... have uh, been developed for growing oysters, but growing oysters in Carlingford has been going on since the seventies. So um, the production in Carlingford was always at a fairly good level. Um, there, there, there will be scope to increase the production if if more licences. Okay, so it, it basically comes down to that, and they are a beautiful oyster, and they're so highly regarded all round the world. The, the Carlingford oyster. Can you eat them at any time of the year? Yeah, yeah, because um, the oyster that we grow is a species from the Pacific Ocean. And traditionally, you would eat oysters when there's an autumn month, which is basically in the colder winter months. But because these oysters are from a warmer climate, they consider they, they think it's winter all year round, so we can harvest our oysters 12 months a year, which is kind of handy because the busiest times of the year are kind of June, July, August, when all the uh, bars and restaurants are full of tourists and people yes. are enjoying themselves. I don't know if you've ever walked along host here, because um, I've done deliveries there some Tuesday afternoons, and you see everybody sitting outside the bistros having a nice uh, glass of wine and enjoying the crab claws and oysters. And it's very hard to get back in the van and drive <laughs> drive home. <laughs> well, listen, you're driving home to tons of them. <laughs> There's a half a dozen on a plate there and there enjoying them. But here's the thing: you, you mentioned about you know the two aspects of the oyster. You can have them in the raw state, beautiful, or you can cook them as well. Do you like to add anything to the oyster in the raw state before you swallow? Um, there's some really nice, uh, very simple uh, condiments that you can put on an oyster. Um, if I was doing a trade show, usually we hide all the Tabasco and lemon because there could be four or five different varieties of oysters available within 10 metres of you. And the customers and the buyers aren't going to taste the difference between one you're not going to taste the difference from one bay to another as much yeah. if, if, they're, if they're covered in lemon juice or Tabasco. Um, another thing that's really nice on them is if you make, a, a, you know, like a shallots and vinegar. Um, that's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You'd have to uh, compare like with like when, you, when you're against the other guys as well. And cooked. What about the cooked recipe? What way do you like them done? Uh, probably the simpler the better. Um, just a bit of garlic butter is nice. Um, the sweet chilli sauce a half teaspoon of that's really nice um, if you grate some breadcrumbs and some grated cheese mixed together with with a few lardons um, pack that on top of the oyster and bake it in the oven for about 10 minutes that's pretty good too 
My oh my, I didn't think on a Monday I'd be salivating here as I come to the end of the show, but I am even thinking about them. Anyway, nice to touch base with you. Continued success to you. Delighted to hear uh, with the demand coming from other parts of the world and keep on producing those absolutely marvellous oysters from Carlingford. Thank you, Keen, for joining us today. Okay, Terry, nice talking to you. You too. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's Keen. Louis Pfizer there from Carlingford Oysters and a great story that is and great to hear it as well in the context of the uncertainty of Brexit, the big market of course in the UK. That's a lot on late lunch for this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We'll remind you again about our Globe Travel giveaway during this week and then we'll be making the calls next Monday when you have to answer with a little song. But to leave you today, it's the wonderful Blondie and there's some... The song sums it up. It really does. One way or another, get back here. Join us for Tuesday's Late Lunch from Half One. Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.